Jam Session with DJ Ronma S, Mako-chan, and Ari Rockefeller. Hey everyone, welcome to Anime Jam Session, episode number 261. We are that podcast that talks about anime, games, conventions, the fandom, geek stuff, and everything in between. I'm DJ Ron Mess. I'm Mako-chan. And I'm Ichigo Gami. And for some reason, I was asked why I not have any prints prior to, play, prior to pre-show. I totally forgot. I did. I was looking for. I don't. I have to go digging for something for a nice mashup of anime and prints. See what I can find. Somebody out there has probably done it. Either they've been praised or they've been flamed. We don't know. But the last song was in reference to last week's show, since we didn't do a show exactly on 420. But we we got to show you know what we use to kind of work with the show and how ingenuitive that we get around here. Isn't that right, Mako-chan? Hmm? What? Exactly! (laughs) I leave for a day, and this is what happens. You don't follow the notes, do you? (sighs) Sorry. And as Rageinator says, Smoke every day, the theme to Puff Puff Past Fridays. I assume so. Oh, man. We are live tonight, week of April 26, 2016, here on the VOG Network. We're here live Tuesdays at 9.30 p.m. Eastern with replays Thursdays at 2. Check out our interactive chat room at live.vognetwork.com. Chat clients such as Merck, XChat, and Chatzilla can use irc.gamesurge.net. Chat room is VOG, V-O-G, or you can head on over to animejamsession.com slash network. There is an IRC link. If you click on it, your default chat client will bring you to the chat. So come on in. The water is just fine. Um, don't forget to swing by the VOG Network and check out the rest of the awesome podcasts that are on this network and some of the amazing articles that are up there every week. And check-ins are open. So now check in, earn some awesome points because you know you want to. And every week um, we post a summary of our episodes on the forums. So definitely swing by and check that out. So if you can't email or Skype. We have the forums. So you can swing by and tell us what you think and, and ways we can make the show even better. Oh, okay. Got all that play. So we're going to kick things off with how was your week and how was your day? Uh, normally um, Ari would be on the show, but right now he's kind of making some extra bread. So Ichigo Gami is joining us for tonight. Hi, hi! Okay, let me adjust the volume. Perfect. So, <laughs> just a little bit more. How's that? That's perfect. You uh, know, my magical girl theme always has to play. Um, in this so, case, magical, magical <laughs> idol theme. Magical idol theme. Yes, running around. What do you think um, this is? In my Fan- frills. What do you think this is? Fancy Lala? <laughs> no. All right, Ichigo. How how's your week? How's your day? It was, it's pretty good so far. Um, I am excited. Um, I've been working on some classes at the studio that I work with um, for uh, Boys and Girls Club down here locally, um, and they're getting ready with their little cosplays for uh, Awesome Con um, cool. coming up here in the end, uh, the beginning of June, end of May. So that's exciting. We've been resin casting and making dresses and, and working on wings and stuff because one of them's going to do Castiel and one of them's doing a character from the new um, 
Fate series, so that's been exciting. Um, of, of Fire Emblem, sorry, Fates. That's what it is. Is the new series. So mm. um, it's been really exciting to see them, you know, expand their knowledge of sewing and stuff. And they they're really young and they learn really fast. So it's been a lot of fun. That's basically what my week was all about. Was teaching some classes this week. So that was fun. And the best way to get them young, because you know it sticks in their head a lot better, a lot quicker. Well, yeah, they, and they also are more excited about it, I think, because a lot of us uh, veteran cosplayers get a little tired with certain things that uh, we could inherently like do, but we know the easy way to get out of them, and so we decide to cut those corners, whereas these new kids, they're shiny and new, and they want to learn everything, and they want to do everything, and they want to make everything, and so it's been really exciting um, to kind of live vicariously through their new excitement and see how new cosplayers approach problems and troubleshoot differently. So that's been really exciting for me. Um, on top of that, as well as teaching, um, is something that I found I really love doing. So that's been exciting too. That's awesome. You're leaving, you're leading one hell of a legacy there, Itchy. Oh, it's going to be so much fun. Oh my God. Woo. But yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Mako-chan, how was your week? How was your day? Um, okay. Didn't kill anybody at work? No, I wish I could, though. Hallelujah! <laughs> uh, yeah, it's basically just been work and, uh, hanging out with some jackass. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. A soda stealing jackass at that. Wait, 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 wait. First thing first. It ain't stealing since it was never given to you. No, and that's only because I found my own. Wait, wait, wait. Is this jackass the same jackass that I know? It's a certain jackass that's on this uh, podcast talking to us right now. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Hmm, could it have been that Sprite remix I saw you guys reblogging the other day? Yes. Maybe. Mm. And the Mountain Dew Black as well? Well, no, that was mine. Oh, okay. That's a crime, no, Rama. Uh, right, after, you know right after I picked him up, we went to go get food, mm -hmm. and there was one Sprite Remix in the store. One. And because I bought it, he decided that the one he brought with him to give to me was no longer needed to be given to me. Oh, that's correct. Because I never said anything about giving it to her. Now, let's say we didn't find the Sprite Remix. I was just going to casually slip it in her fridge and see how long it was sitting before she realizes a bottle of Sprite Remix sitting there. Mm -hmm. Since she got her own, I took mine back. So I can't, so mm -hmm. she can't say it was hers when it was not hers to begin with in the first place. So what Except you're that is... we knew that it was mine because we just knew. Knew how? I never said it, it entered was. entered her fridge without proper sacrifice, Ranma. Uh, it gave proper sacrifice because I drank it the next day. Yes, he did. I came home from work, and there it was, empty, sitting on the table. 
Well, at least he gave you the bottles to recycle. Except that there's no recycling in my apartment. So it was just thrown away. And he's a jackass. And according to K-Chan, I'm a dick. Well, yeah. I, I Well, yeah. I, I'm a dick to my friends. I'm an asshole to the people I hate. No. You're an asshole to me, too. But you're my asshole. Ass- you're a Dennis Leary-approved asshole at that. Yup. You're like those little cat anus coasters. <laughs> what? Both cute and disgusting at the same time. Wait, that's such a thing? Yes. Yes, it is. Well, shit. (sighs) As you can see here, I cannot win. Nope. And you will never, ever, 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 ever be able to. As long as I have ten bottles of Tropical Sprite Remix in my fridge, I will always win. No, because... They restocked, so I can get them now, too. Boom! But you won't have as many as I do. No, because I don't need as many as you do. Because you know what else I have? What? Cheerwine. Okay, now that's playing below the belt. Nope. And see, I was going to offer you some, but see, some... Dickish person decided to drink the bottle of soda, so I didn't have to give anything to him in, you know, in in good faith. Even though there were no bottles of cheer wine in your fridge. Uh Uh-huh. Nice bluff, Mako. Yeah, that's because they're over in the old house, which is where I was going to go and get them from on Friday. But we ended up not going over there. I call shenanigans. You don't have to call shenanigans. You can actually ask my mother. I told her exactly what I was going to do last week. Oh, you're a dick. <laughs> That's okay. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Just remember, what goes around comes around, Mako-chan. Hey, you started it. I didn't start nothing. Yes, you did. Not this time, kiddo. Mm, no, you started it. Not this time. I wasn't the one bitching and moaning over uh, Cheerwine. I mean, um, Sprite. Nope, but now you know why I didn't get any Cheerwine. Oh, well. Dang. <sighs> it hurt that. Mostly tit. Uh, <laughs> something that Mako-chan's lacking. Yes, unfortunately. <gasps> no! Boom! Yeah, no, I I completely agree with that. There's, you know, no mic drop involved or anything like that. It's okay, Manko-chan. We still love you. Thank you. (laughs) Only because your mother pays us so well. (gasps) Ranma! (laughs) Yeah, this is what it's like to hang out with your best friend <laughs> when you've been friends for almost 15 years. Yup. Well, almost. I, th- I think all... we have another year and a half before we hit 15. Yeah. Oh, dang. 
And we haven't killed each other yet. Well, no. it is all fun and games until someone pulls out the Baca mallet. Then it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And as K-Chan says, key word, yet. Yeah, and I live in Jersey, so I do know where to hide the bodies if necessary. I thought you were allowed into the Pine Barrens. Who's gonna keep out the devil? <laughs> the Jersey Devil? Question mark? Yep. Got a point. Why would they keep me out of my home? Har, 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 har. Anyway, <sighs> Ronma, your weekend day? Alright. Because we can continue to, you know, BS back and forth forever. That is ever, so, that ever, is so true. Ever. That is so true. So, my weekend day has consisted of me cleaning up my apartment and cleaning the walls and wiping down the shelves and all of that because I have a couple of friends coming to visit. They're going to see some J-Rock group at Best Buy Theater, and I was like, eh, y'all can stay at my place. I don't care. And then it was like, I'm looking at my schedule. I'm just like, okay, all right. And then I'm like looking at the schedule. Wait, they're going to be here next week. I should actually do something about this mess of an apartment. So I end up spending like to part of today and yesterday cleaning the bathroom. And it looks almost like as if I first moved in here. And that's all that really matters. I just got to finish wiping down the cabinet doors. And then I have to clean underneath the TV where I have like my Super Nintendo and controllers. I just need to pull that stuff out, vacuum, and just kind of put stuff away in my closet. And the most important thing is keeping the empty area of my apartment where you can put your luggage. Mako-chan knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, he, he, he's got a very, 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 very tiny apartment. Mm-hmm. So once you start adding luggage into it, it greatly decreases the ability to plop your ass anywhere. Right. So it's like a Japanese capsule hotel. It's slightly bigger than a, than a capsule room. Slightly. <laughs> if you think about, you know, from your manga and your anime, those little one-room kind of lofts that the Japanese end up living in because there's yeah. no room. That would be his apartment. Pretty he much. just happens yeah, he just happens to have a bathroom. And with a shower and everything. And a kitchen somehow. On the plus side at least on the plus side, I'm only an arm's length away from my coffee maker, so So at least I got that going for me. <laughs> Alright, alright. Okay, um... Hold on for one second. Huh. That's interesting. What's that? Um, I'm actually... Re I'm checking... See, when I'm recording the show, when it's recording, the bar is green. So I know it's going, and I see it's picking up all the voices. For some reason, the bar isn't green... It doesn't say it's armed for recording, but it's recording. 
because it's picking up everything. And it kind of messed with my head just a little bit. And the last thing I need to do is to go back and find out. Oh, it wasn't recorded. So hold on for one second. Regenerator. Um, to answer how small Ronma's apartment is, um, in one corner, he's got his bed. Mm -hmm. From his bed is directly where his desk is. Right next to his desk is the refrigerator. Mm -hmm. um, that just shows you, you know, just one wall. In case you get hungry, you have your yeah. snacks right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, if you go the other way, you've got the bed, a nightstand, um, the door into the upstairs house, and then his TV. Yes, so lengthwise, I'd say it's about, let's see, about 25 feet. Horizontal, I'd say it's about anywhere about 8 feet. Now, no, it's definitely a little bit more than 8 feet. Okay, so 10 Not, feet. May, maybe 10. It's yeah. probably about 10 by 20 of yeah. usable space. Yes. So theoretically, I would say my apartment, like the actual living area from where the fridge ends, that would have to be about 15 feet going towards the TV and my storage closet and my, cl and my regular closet, that's about 10 feet. Now where my closet is in this, and where I keep all of my video games and stuff, that's an extra two feet going deeper. Now, there's a thin corridor coming in that's about eight feet, where when you walk in, you have the kitchen, which is just where I keep all my dishes, the sink, the, the, uh, the oven, and the fridge. And behind me, which is about four feet, but now there's only about, I'd say maybe about a foot, a foot of space walking because I have a shelf with my microwave and another shelf with my coffee and the crock pot and all my plasticware, which I'm going to sort through and toss and see what I need and don't need. And before that, there is a door. In that door is the actual boiler room. And that's where I keep um, my air conditioner and extra boxes and the large garbage. So when the bathroom and the kitchen garbage is full, I drop it in there. So, And then... Ichigo says, no, Rageinator says, no offense, but you're making my shitty-ass apartment look like Buckingham Palace and the Versailles place combined. Your place is probably a little bit bigger than mine. Maybe one of these days I'll actually go on my Facebook page and do a live feed of my actual apartment and be like, this is how big the place is. That would be amusing. Yes, yes it would be. Once I finish the last of my cleaning, because I need to do that. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's what they call like a boutique apartment. Like it's the they 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 fancy up the name for that. Well, you also did move recently, right? Yeah, but I moved. This was about three years ago. Oh, never mind. You also got to take look. My apartment is smaller than a studio. No, I, yours, it's basically, it's a, um, what they call an, a bachelor apartment. 
This is what you call a bachelor apartment? Jesus Christ. Part of the size could be a perfect size for a man cave. It's, well, you are in a basement. True. It's technically a studio apartment, which is also called an efficiency apartment, which is also called a bachelor apartment, meaning it's basically one single room with the bathroom. You have a full kitchen instead of just a kitchenette. So you do have a little bit larger than, you know, than what the definition would be. But it's one room, and it's smaller than what most people think of when they think of a studio apartment. Mm. Because the room itself is tiny. And as uh, Shinji Akari says, this NYC hotel room might be bigger. Probably. I was hanging out with a friend of mine about a, maybe about a month and a half ago, and I went to go meet her at her a hotel room. Jesus Christ, the hotel room was... My apartment was bigger than the hotel room. And it actually surprised the hell out of me. And as Ari says, efficiency. If you ask me with all my stuff, it's an inefficiency. And as K-Chan says, Colossal Cut changed the name of the rave to a glow stick party. If there's time in the show, we'll kind of get into that. Because there's reasons why conventions don't call their dances raves. Even though that's what... And even... Even then, there was an article about candy kids and how, like, dancers don't call themselves rave anymore, but that they, because it associates things with drugs and mm-hmm. stuff now, and, yeah. Yeah, we still have the Otacon Oda, rave until they call it the Otacon dance, but whatever. Hmm. Okay. Enough of that. Let's go ahead and take our first break. What do y'all think? Okay. Alrighty. Okay, um, for some reason I'm hearing some odd, come on, I might have to eliminate this secondary mixer, come on, do this, come on, Truth be told, I don't want to drop a hundred bucks on another mix amp, but if I have to, so be it. Mm. I think it's because of the optical settings. Hold on. There we go. Had it! Ugh. I really need to like properly wire run the, the wires on here and make sure. All right, there we go. Perfect, perfect. Okay, let's cue this up and uh, yeah. Oh, that is. Wait, I'm about to go, about to go into break and I just realized the volume is going to be a little bit too loud. It's going to blow somebody's ears out. I'm not going to hear the end of it for about a year. All right, so. We got that covered, and um, we'll be back.
Okay. Now, here's something interesting about that song. Um, yesterday, while I was cleaning up, um, I usually play anime NFL radio in the background. So, and I, and I heard it. I'm just like, wait, it sounds familiar. So I go looking through my massive collection, and it's like, I don't have the song. 
So I go digging for it. I'm like, okay, I found it. And I go to my usual site so I can pull the entire sa- out- anime soundtrack, all the albums. Could not find it. I found just the opening album and the soundtrack to the series. I'm just like, that's all there is. All right. All right, let's go ahead and get the ball rolling here. All right. Let's see. Let's, all right, let's talk Castle Flight. Now, I mean, here's the thing. You all already know my thoughts and views on college um, anime conventions. If you don't know, I'll say it again really quick. Granted, a college anime convention may not have as many resources as a regular convention, but they do have access to things that will make it kind of feel like a normal convention, especially a printing uh, department. Because if you have to write out uh, locations on copy paper or on cardboard with pens, you got a problem. So, one thing about uh, Castle Point, it's really an awesome convention where they do keep everything in line under in one day, which is cool. So, what they did this year was they had a preview day. It was pretty much, there was no dealer's room, which I think they should have done. They had, um, they had a concert, and they had the uh, cosplay dating game going. Now... I had popped into the uh, anime dating game. Not not anime, it was anime speed dating, I'm sorry. Now, I, I've done speed dating, and it's pretty much like every seven minutes, they, they, they go through. Now, I'm there for about ten minutes, and they're still going. I'm just like, okay. I, and I left. It, and I, it just wasn't... It just didn't feel like what speed dating is, but that's just my opinion. But I did look from where I was standing. Some people did um, have um, a lot of connections. I'm like, okay, good. Good for you. Uh, Let's see. They also had a concert, I believe was Dream Driver, that was performing Saturday. And they also had the uh, Saturday night dance, which was only two hours because it does make sense because you got to go home at 10. On the plus side of it, this allowed me time to walk around with my giant rucksack, because I swear sometimes I feel like Ryoga running around with all my equipment. Maybe next year for Castleway, I will cosplay Ryoga and just have all my camera and co- camera equipment in the ba- in the rucksack. That would be cool. But yeah, but then you might not end up at the right convention. You might be like, I thought this was Castle Point in Jersey. No, I'm sorry, sir. This is uh. You know, Nagoya in Japan. I don't know if you're lost or... See, that's just... See, that's just it. I won't change this to Ryoga until I get there. I'll just wear the the black shoes and the slacks until I get to the campus. So this gave me time, you know, to really get some photography going. And I found myself doing three photo shoots. Because sometimes what may happen is at conventions, I've done this where I will, you know, take pictures. And sometimes I do get inspired by various cosplays. And I ask, you know, if you want to do a photo shoot or something like that. 
usually I don't get a response back because people are busy, and I get that. So I already had one uh, photo shoot scheduled, um, I believe, with Ichigay Cos- Cosplay, and she did uh, Zero Suit Samus. And I came across um, two awesome girls doing classic panty and stocking. And I had said, you know, if you wanted to shoot, you know, just let me know. So as I'm walking around, I cross paths. They're like, hey, do you still want to do that shoot? And I was like, sure. So, and that was pretty fun. I haven't looked at the photos, but from the previews I saw on my on my camera, I liked what I, I had done. You know, I tend to have, like, my own style of um, photography. And as Wild Spice says in our chat room at live.botnetwork.com, my record is seven shoots in a day. Yikes. I've known cosplayers who have done nine to ten shoots in a day, and it's like, where do y'all have time to enjoy the con? Um, from a cosplayer's POV, hi. Um, that amount of photo shoots in a day, oh God, save me. I haven't done a professional photo shoot. I've done mostly public photo shoots, that, I, and I'm finding now, haha, through my life in cosplay, that I actually need to start doing more professional shoots for, like, portfolio building, since this is what I do professionally, since I teach it and stuff. Um, so I'm finding out that I need, like, a professional photo shoot and stuff, and that's going to be fun to try and wrangle. But know that you you find time and you find bathroom stalls mm-hmm. and you find bags of holding for all the pieces it it, it happens but it takes maho shoujo magic desu powers see i'd volunteer to be a professional photographer but i'm not even on that level i'm not even a front it's okay i can do my own photoshop work it's really just a matter of of having my husband take professional grade photos or having a friend take really, really nice photos and then editing them well. Well, in that um, well, in that case, I will come visit and I'll just sit there and do a crap ton of photos. I'll just leave you with the raws to edit in Lightroom and Photoshop. Ooh, oh my gosh, Senpai noticed me. Lord. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, so it's, it's, yeah, it's just been, it takes a lot of effort to do that many photo shoots and it, it does kind of hurt your con experience because you're always in your hotel room changing or you're always changing for the next photo shoot. And if something happens like all of y'all that went to Katsukon when I did, we had that lovely fire alarm that threw off everybody's photo shoots. So that was fun. But usually otherwise it's, it's, it's something you learn. Yeah, I you know what it is? I think when somebody gets like that bug of cosplaying and hitting up big conventions and then you check the Facebook groups and you see all these photographers wanting to shoot, I think when you book with them and you schedule, you don't realize till after the fact, you know? And it happens. Yeah, it can definitely happen that way. But the nice thing, at least for the DC community, is that we actually have a few communities on Facebook for up-and-coming or people who are professional photographers who just want to better their skills, as well as fellow cosplayers who are also trying to better their skills. Like the DC Photography and Cosplayers group connects um, basically freelance photographers with freelance cosplayers and um, creates an environment where you aren't paying an arm and a leg for a nice photo shoot in a nice location because in the local area, we've got downtown Alexandria, we've got DC, we've got all these different places. And so they set up um, like an appointment with that particular venue. Like even the Smithsonian um, Institutes will have us go and take professional grade photography in their locations. And it's a single day event. 
So even though, uh, even if you don't want to do uh, seven photo shoots in a day, there are ways for cosplayers to get professional grade photos outside of that. You just have to look into your communities mm -hmm. um, and around a little bit. Or if you're lucky like me, you know, um, a lot of cosplayers and if you just send them a message like let's do this and you're like sure you know secretly i think it's because a lot of us are attention whores i'm well, not gonna well, lie yeah i mean come Leo. on in cosplay i am an attention hoe but out of cosplay i'm like no no photos of me i will murder people whoever takes a photo of me i do not like it but when wig and weapons and cosplay is on girl stage on because that's just how it is <laughs> were you watching uh sailor stars uh, maybe mm. maybe just a little <laughs> yeah and i'm looking at this i want to throw this out there real quick nerdcaliber.com is having a cosplay and photography expo at stonehill college in eastern massachusetts august 6th to the 7th so i guess that's another way of connecting but i think you all know m my opinion of of things like that so because the last time they tried to pull something they tried to arrange something like that it kind of fell flat i mean yeah that that's all that's on a podcast we covered weeks and months ago so anywho sunday is the big day that's when everything opens up now i as i you know as i sit up my my shelf here with all with my um, Mio, Nozomi, Venus, and Minako figurines, I realized one thing. I am missing a Satsuki Kyujin figurine. So I'm like, you know what? I'll go to Castle Point, hit the dealer's room, find one reasonably priced, because I got this awesome Nozomi figurine for 35 bucks. so I think that's way beyond reasonable. Because I actually checked um, like Amazon. $5 price difference. So I'm like, I think I got a good deal on that. So... I'm like, I'll get one, add it, add it to the shelf, and that's it. So when I got there, there was there was already a line to the dealer's room. But that's a given. When isn't there a line to get into the dealer's room? So you would figure, you know, after about an hour or two, it would die down, right? Nope. For up until about 5.30 that day, there was a line going outside to get into the dealer's room. The best way I could describe this line, I'd say it was about the length of a of a city block, one side, pretty much. Wait, this was you said it wasn't a vendor's hall though; it was like an artist alley, or the, no? This is artist alley and dealer's room all in one. Oh, okay, so they had it all in one. Yeah. Dang, that's crazy for a college to to have that kind of like i i know that this is just their second year right no this is like their i think closer to 10th year oh never mind my bad uh see I'll, that's crazy though for i mean a, a, i don't know for a college con i i wouldn't think they would have gotten that much pull well the thing is you know outside of castle point around here locally easy access you have spring fest which is pretty much now is a defunct college convention you have katori con which is like 10 minutes outside of philly and not many people from this area is going to travel out there and i think and you have like local library based conventions but i think this is like one of the more local um college conventions that actually pulls it does a really good job of it and you also got to take into consideration that 
when you start like the uh, convention on a college campus, you only have access to certain buildings with certain floors. So as you build your popularity and the drive of people, you get more space. Because originally when it first started, the they had the Walker Gym, which that was the original dealer's hall. Now that's become the hall for cosplay chess, concerts, and now the masquerade. Um, so I didn't even bother going in. I was like, you know what? I'll just go. Look, I'll just go trolloping on Amazon and see what I can find. Um, let's see. K. Chan says, and a marathon was the same way. Uh, and Walt Spice says, yeah, we really don't. We really don't have any really big cons around here. You have to go to Maryland or in Jersey out to Lancaster for Zenkai. Even Anime Next. I mean, for a while. No, no, no. Actually. Anime Next, before they moved, the, the the one expo hall had both Dealer's Room and Artist Alley, but it was actually separate. You, you go straight to the left for Artist Alley and straight to the right, walk down the, the path to get to the Dealer's Hall. So, Alright, so one of the things I did check out was Cosplay Pro Wrestling. Now, I've heard amazing stories of cosplay wrestling panel events like this. So I was like, this is like my first time really checking it out. And I thought it was really good. It was rotated around Smash Brothers. So, um, what was funny was uh, Giovanni from Team Rocket uh, made Uncle Yo tap out. This is their eighth year, by the way. Eighth year? Okay, cool. Thank you. I know I skipped, I think I skipped the initial year because I didn't know about it, and I skipped one year because some, something was going on. So, and what was funny was when I posted this, everybody thought that Uncle Yo had went to the con. I was like, no, it was just some jobber. Anyone who follows wrestling catch, catches the reference. So, the, the tight, the let's see, you had, um,. I think you had, there was the Smash Brothers Royale uh, Battle Royal for for number one contender, and that was Mario Luigi, um, We Fit Trainer, Snake, and I think it was Snake and and Ness. That that was cool. Eventually, We Fit Trainer won, and she's now the number one contender for the heavyweight belt, and that pissed off Luigi because. After this, Mario, Mario Luigi, they, they, they just start spouting at each other. Luigi just lost his shit on Mario. Gra- grabbed the um, the kendo stick and clocked it upside his head, and the, and the crowd was going nuts over it. You would think they would boo, but they were just cheering him because pretty much Luigi is tired of living in Mario's shadow, so they're going to have a Mushroom Kingdom street fight at the next con that they're going to be at, which is, um, which is a gaming con out in Oaks. Uh, I can't rem- remember the name of it. Um, and they're going to have that there. There was a title match between uh, Link and um, and Little Mac. Yo, that was a good one. That was a good. That was good. The opening match was. I haven't. I haven't posted. Yeah, it was Spider Man versus Sailor Jupiter. 
and of course Jupiter won. And then Bane and his yes, yes, yes I know you're, you're both of you are both Team Sailor Jupiter. So after that. Bane, Scarecrow, and his crew comes in, and they just start attacking um, Jupiter. And pretty much, Bane is doing like his whole, so like his speech from the uh, from the last from the last Dark Knight film. So the next thing you know, you hear um, John Cena's theme song, and then you see Deadpool run out dressed as John Cena, and he took on. It was a five on one match, and that was pretty cool. Oh God! I did re- I did record that, and that was actually pretty cool. So that was awesome. Then after that, um, excuse me, I went over to a panel on cosplayers united against um bully um harassment. A friend of mine ran that panel, Yay! so I I I recorded it. I understand what they were coming from with that panel, but I think they were being a little bit too harsh. But maybe that's what you have to be to be a little bit harsh. I won't get into the topics, but I there were a couple of things that they did discuss and, and instead of me like discussing how why I feel it's not really harassment because you because I look at it this way. Harassment in a way, is like religion. Everybody has their belief what is okay and not okay to a certain extent. And there is no really no middle ground. Like, if me and Mako-chan are, uh, are saying stuff back and forth, another person might come up and say that I'm harassing her or she's harassing me and need to stop it. You don't realize that, you know, we're joking around. It also deals with comfort level. Yeah. Um, because a lot of the times in Lolita, mm-hmm. I will have people straight up come and lift up the back of my skirt and go, hmm, I wonder what's under your skirt to make it so poofy. And I'm like, I'm a human. I'm standing here in these clothes. And that, to me, is harassment. But if one yes. of my frilly friends who is in the same stuff or if it's somebody that I know who's in the group of friends that knows you know, our culture – you know, if they come up and do that, it's it's more of a joke. Yeah. Um, it, it's all about mm-hmm. comfort level right. um, with other people, even strangers. I mean, there's yeah. a certain level people will be comfortable with strangers, and yeah, it, harassment is all in the mind, right. in the eye of the beholder, I right. guess. Now, one thing that came up was like they're using an example of like you know, if somebody is dressed as L and somebody is going to a con, is like, who is he supposed to be cosplaying? He's just. They they were saying that was like an example of harassment. I don't think it is. It's more like a general question because I have seen what I think is normal street clothes, but it's cosplay, and I'm just like, I don't know who that is. And the funny thing is that a lot of cosplay nowadays is street clothes. I mean, with all the new idol anime and the um, mm-hmm. like school anime that have come out, mm-hmm. even the school uniform from like Parasite and stuff, they're mm-hmm. all 
street clothes. So if somebody doesn't know who you are, that's not harassment. I mean, if they go up to you and they go, who are you supposed to be? In like a really sarcastic way, right. that's obviously harassment. Mm -hmm. But if it's just, hey, you know, I haven't seen this show before. Like, who are you supposed to be? It's I mean, somebody could take that as harassment, but in all honesty, it, it's, it's an honest thing um, as far as asking who someone is. And I feel like there's also a difference between how people talk mm -hmm. because I've found that the way that I present some of my ideas or my thoughts, people see them as abrasive or very aggressive mm -hmm. because I'm very blunt about things. Like right. I don't hold my punches. If I have a problem or if I'm going to want to talk to you, I'm going to straight up tell you what I want. Whereas some people see when um, someone like me who is uh, fairly confident, I if I'm going to come up to you, and they get defensive, then all of a sudden it changes their perspective of me, even if I'm coming in as a non-aggressive or, or with no idea to harass them. Right. They're already feeling harassed because of my general confident or kind of powerful I don't, personality or something like that because I'm very super friendly. I'm like a puppy dog. I will come up and I will hug you. You know, I'll say hi. Um, but a lot of that... People, some people are much more introverted and, and they take offense to stuff like a hug mm -hmm. or stuff like people being over friendly. Um, so it, it really all is about perception and how different people uh, expect others to act and how people perceive others when they come at them. Um, so it, it, it's unfortunate that a lot of stuff can be misconstrued, but that's what happens. Yes. Hold on one second. I'm responding to something. That's okay. See, now, when it comes to the uh, the Lolita stuff, I would never, ever do the, the skirt flip. You would have to look at me and be like, it's okay. You can do it. Because I I have friends who are in the Lolita community, who, and I see these prices and stuff. I'm just like, I would never do some shit like that. You spend all that money on an amazing dress and all the time to get yourself. I would, I would never. Thankfully, I don't own a brand dress that's like $400, but I make my own. And mm -hmm. thankfully, I know how to fix my own if something happens. But it is kind of bewildering when people, and this, you know, it happened to me a lot in Lolita, but it would also happen to me in my normal clothes. And I kind of came to expect it, unfortunately. It's weird that I would have to say something like that in our society that I would expect someone to lift up the back of my skirt. But I started wearing leggings at my job mm -hmm. because I would have people do this so frequently. And it wasn't just, you know, it wasn't just like, uh, you know, random ass people. It was like older women mm -hmm. and um, stuff like that. And you would think that these women that are like 30 or 40 or 60 would have more sense in their head than a five-year-old to ask about personal space. But it wasn't something that they considered because I guess in, in, in some instances, people, when they see you in those outfits, they don't disconnect what's real and what is weird to them. And so they suspect, since it's different, since it's not what they're expecting, they go, oh, it's different. I, I have to touch it to see what it actually is. Mm -hmm. It's a human being in a dress. Right. I may be dressed a little more formally than you, but I'm wearing clothes just like everybody else. And... Unfortunately, I'm eccentric, so I wear a lot of weird stuff that people don't usually even, like, you can't even categorize it as goth or steampunk or aristocrat or whatever, or even Lolita. Sometimes I'm just wearing my normal clothes, but they're so weird to other people that 
they I guess it's just not something expected. Right. So it it yeah it it can get really weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know, and, and after that I left, went back to do some more photography, and then I headed over to the masquerade. Now, except for Springfest, where the one year I was the judge. Most, from from going to various college conventions, the masquerades are just less than stellar. I mean, they try. They've got. They. I mean, they stepped their game up some by doing pre-reg, but it looks like they didn't have time to do like the proper markings for where you want to stand and doing like rehearsal, which I get. But you, I just felt honestly, if you're having the preview day and you have people who are doing masquerade, and you have the preview day on the Saturday, grab the have them come in in the gym for about two hours, quick rehearsal, done. Since most of it is mostly just a walk-on style show. So, I recorded that, and it was it was pretty good. I have to say, this year's Masquerade was leaps and bounds above what was last year. Especially since last year they were playing music on people's phones and putting the microphone to the speaker. This year, there was a full mix board, somebody running the, running the board with the laptop, with music. That, that was cool. I, that was cool. So, and then, now, mind you, I'm take, if you when you see these pictures, you notice a lot of them, at least a good chunk, are Love Live uh, cosplay. And I was like, this is starting to turn into Love Live Con, and I'm perfectly okay with this. And a lot of uh, people that I was talking to saw, you know, I'm telling them, you know, me is best waifu, best idol, you know, because that's my opinion. And they were like, are you going to the Love Life panel later? And a few of my friends who are into it are asking me the same thing. And I'm just like, I honestly don't know. Because um, the thing is, the masquerade was scheduled from four to six. And then after that, the mask, the panel was from 530 to 630. And generally, when it comes to masquerades, if you want to know how long you're going to be there for, you t- if it's two, if it's under two hours, you divide the time by fifty percent. That's going to be a rough estimate of how long you're going to be in there. If it's more than that, like three, like if it's going to like close to three hours, you're going to be there for about. I'd say 60% of the time because there's going to be time for them, for the judges to make their decisions while they get, while sometimes we'll give out like A and B awards and walk on awards and stuff like that. So I made my way over to the love life panel and I just made it in because it hit, it hit capacity. So I set up and I start recording and I came across something that I thought I never would in my entire, um, I'd say, cosplay photography career and I use the word career lightly more like experience so I'm taking pictures and the guy next to me is saying you know chill with the flash you know don't just be careful the pictures that you're taking and stuff and I look over I'm just like and I show him my press badge because in the past I've had people say you know why are you taking these pictures I'm just like um I'm press and according to the guidelines of the book, if if you press is allowed to take pictures of maybe of like almost the entire place where the convention is being held, 
if you have a problem with it, do not be in the area where they're taking photography. That's pretty much what it says. And if you don't believe me, grab any convention book and you'll see something about press and photography within the rules. But that wasn't it. I was dealing with one of the people that was running the panel. Her father was sitting next to me giving me gripe and grief over pictures. He's like, pretty much he didn't want me taking pictures of his daughter. I'm just like, oh no. His beef was the fact that he didn't know where the pictures were going and so forth. So I handed him a card and he was like, I don't care. I'm just like, oh, this is going to be a long, long panel. But thankfully he ended up leaving like 20 minutes in. And this panel was a bit cracked out. And if you're on my personal Facebook, you'll understand why. Some of the things that I have that was said, I was just like, well, damn. But I, was, I still was in it. And the best part about the Love Life panel was for the fact that whoever was cosplaying Nico volunteered to jump, to jump in the trash twice. Because we all know Nico is trash. So, let's see. After that, you know, I end up taking more pictures, meeting up with a couple of friends, and then leaving the convention. I also did a photo shoot that day as well um, with a friend of mine. We did an Undertale photo shoot. So, that was cool. Undertale! Or, as I've been told, it's a poor man's Earthbound. But... Maybe I'll check it out eventually. I don't know. All right. So. Oh, it's such a great little game. Okay. I'll take your word for it. So the pros of the con is that I like how everything is kind of like leveled out. All the big stuff you'll have time and enjoy to go see. The con. I, I kind of want to say the masquerade, but it's in the middle because it's come along. It's it's come along. When how it was before, and the long line to the dealer's room. I maybe next year they can relocate the dealer's room to a to a to one of the to a place where the built in the building. Now, one of the buildings, the main campus building up on the fourth floor, was the game room, and it was all dance rhythm games. Maybe there's another room like floor like that up there that. They could probably stick the dealer's room in. Maybe. We'll see. Will I be going back next year? Absolutely. As I have said on my Facebook and on my Twitter, one Sunday a year, I get up at 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning, grab my gear, schlep all the way out to Hoboken for Castle Point, and I spend the next 12 hours Mingling, taking pictures, catching up with people, and so forth. Is it worth it? Absolutely. I I would like to say, you know, if there are people out there who want ideas on how to make their college anime convention better or how to start one, look at what Castle Point's doing. One thing that was cool was if you pre-regged, you get a $10 ticket voucher for, for the dining hall, which is all you can eat. Because without it, it's 13 bucks. With it, it's $3. So when I came, when I went to check in, yes, on Saturday, they gave me a pre-reg bag. And I was like, 
Okay. And I think it was, I think they just had the tickets just for Saturday, but I think that was pretty cool. And I will definitely be going back next year. All right, now that we got that out the way, let's go ahead and cover um, some of the news that's going around the world today. Um, Marco, you want to take this quick story about music and licensing? Uh, sure. All right. Um, Rama had talked about uh, some of the English music being used in anime last week. So this is from... Uh, the answer man on anime news network and somebody actually asked him um, how they're able to get things like that mm -hmm. for streaming. So basically what it is, is it says when a song is licensed for use in a movie or TV show, there are three distinct kinds of rights that must be in the clear synchronization rights, a master use license, and mechanical rights. Synchronization rights cover the ability to combine a song with certain visuals. This really only needs to be done once worldwide, and these rights are licensed from the song's copyright owner, usually the song publisher, which is often just a small corporation, blah, 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 blah. Um, a master use license is when uh, is then required to use the actual recorded audio of the song itself. The owner of the recording is usually the record label that published the song. Finally, the mechanical rights, which also come from the record label, allow you to physically reproduce the recording. So this is what's needed if you're going to use the song on a DVD or Blu-ray. Um, when a song is used on a show in Japan, the producers will buy synchronization rights, and these days, they usually get a worldwide master use license as well. After that, there's not really any additional legwork to be done to clear the song for streaming. Mechanical rights, however, get pretty expensive for big hits, especially outside of Japan. As a result, sometimes these rights are only cleared for Japan or Asia. The publishers outside of that area are basically left to fend for themselves. So this is why when certain anime ends up coming over here, they have to change the music for it. Right. Whether it's something licensed for here or something licensed for there. Like, um... So sometimes... Like, um... Giver. That happened with Giver. Once the license laughs and Manga Entertainment picked it up, they had to change the opening and ending seasons because of the musical rights to the opening and ending tracks. It's also the reason why the Sailor Moon music that came over, even just, you know, the melody stuff was not allowed to be used when it came over here. They mm -hmm. did not have the rights for any of the music inside of the show. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's basically it. As long as they pay enough for the various licensing they are able to do different things for it. So if they pay for one license, they can use it for streaming in the show. If they pay for another license, they can then put it on the DVD. But if they don't place it, if they don't get that license, when they put it onto DVD or Blu-ray, they have to actually replace that song. So like this one, it says, um, 
uh, Falling Down by Oasis mm -hmm. was used in Eden of the East. Um, so because of the bigger bands, it needed more cash because of the bigger name. Mm -hmm. um, Funimation ultimately only got the right to in include it on the DVD Blu-ray release once. So after the first episode, the song was replaced. So, um... And now here's something. Let's say they did get the rights to the song. I bet you, you know, the cost of those titles would have went up some just to offset the cost of, for the licensing. And the fandom would have complained. That's possible, too. Yeah. Um, and then it says, uh, I want you... I want choose availability on its eventual Western DVD Blu-ray release may have more to do with the personality of the musicians. Savage Garden's ex-frontman and uh, song co-writer Darren Hayes, who lives in Los Angeles, is actually a giant nerd. Mm -hmm. He actually and tweeted, he's tweeted yep. that he's a fan of JoJo. Yup. So there's a very good. There, there's a very good chance that when that stuff comes over and when it's dubbed and all of that and put onto physical release, that they won't have an issue with it. Though the song is co-owned by Darren Hayes and Daniel Jones, it all has to deal with, you know, both of them agreeing. But considering one of them is a complete nerd, there's a very good chance that, you know, they'll just say, here, just do it have fun with it now to quickly touch on things now if you listen to the Vogue network on a regular basis outside of our awesome podcast you'll hear a lot of the music that we play which is a lot of j-pop j-rock uh geek tunes chip tunes uh cartoon themes tv themes and stuff like that it's a lot of stuff that we grew up with and listened to and that type of music is general is covered by the basic licensing rights that we that Vogue Network has to stream the show. Now, there's also a thing where you know if you listen to like Orange Lounge Radio, they do like their pre-show, but I mean at the pre-show they do a a mid a middle break. When they put the podcast out, they take that out because that's also another round of licensing per se. Now, I keep the music in. Because it, it kind of because Japanese music is sort of like a gray area per se, you know. And when I did last week's uh, pre-show, I did have "I Want You" as part of the pre-show. Now, the only reason why I put that as a pre-show because I could get away with that. I'm not playing really commercial pop rock music on a regular basis. That and it, I feel it probably may cause an issue down the line if I put that as part of one of the musical breaks. So I kind of don't want to do that. But one thing is, if you have this type of music playing in the background and you're talking on top of it, it's perfectly okay. Yeah, there's a lot of different laws and legalities. Some artists, you know, put their songs up for free use. Mm-hmm which has gotten those artists in trouble when politicians end up using those songs. Um, that's what basically streams on some of these streaming sites. Some of them just use the free use songs. Mm -hmm. 
some of them will go through and request permissions through the song's owners and things like that. Um, and, and various issues throughout that. But a lot of movies now, unless it's something very, very important, they just go through those for use. That's why you see a lot of music that is that tends to be the same um a lot of repeats in the movies and things like that because they just use the free use music now unless it's again something very important uh like queen of the damned Mm -hmm. that whole movie is about lestat being a singer and singing so those songs in the movie were written and sung by Jonathan Davis of Korn. So that's his voice singing Lestat's songs in the movie. Uh, Jonathan Davis is a part of a different, um, a, a different production company. So when it was put onto CD, they had to have artists from that production company that was doing the CD re-release all those songs Mm -hmm. which is why the songs that are on the cd are done by different people Mm. so you get things like that too with all of this music stuff it's just really really cool to think about yeah now hopefully people will understand better when it comes to licensing because i do hope that with enough increased sales of Love Live, they'll re-release the series with the songs dubbed in English. Maybe, I'm not holding. I'm not holding my breath over, but that will be pretty cool. Well, something like that. It's not necessarily a licensing thing. It's a time thing. Yeah. Because it's not just translating it word for word. You've got to get the feel. You've got to get the tempo. You've got to get all of that. So you need somebody to sit down. And there's a lot of music in something like Love Live. Uh So you've got to have a whole team sit down and try and recreate the music into something that would actually make sense in English. Right. I think that's more the issue than a licensing issue. Okay. Fair enough. Hey, uh, Ichigo, you want to cover the next story? Sure. All right. So the next story, guys, is about the Tokyo government's offering support for original anime production to promote overseas business development. Cool. Um, so the Tokyo Metropolitan Government Bureau of Industrial and Labor Affairs, so interesting, right? <laughs> Announced on Friday that it is accepting applications for original anime production to promote overseas business development. The campaign will offer selected winners the opportunity to conduct pitches, proposals, and business discussions with overseas producers, almost like anime Shark Tank. Additionally, the Bureau of Industrial and Labor Affairs will provide advice and lessons on how to conduct such proposals and how to make a required PR video. Applications are open to all registered small and medium businesses in the Tokyo metropolitan area, as well as registered sole proprietorships in the same region. The submitted plan must be for an original work, but it does not require actual footage upon submission. 
Chosen applicants will be awarded 300,000 yen, or about 2,695 U.S. dollars, and will be required to produce a one-minute pilot PR video after being chosen. The campaign will take applications from April 28th until May 26th. All applicants are required to attend at least one of six project briefings, and the briefings will occur on April 28th, May 9th, and May 11th, um, with two of the briefings held on each day. Um, so this is pretty cool. Um, as far as overseas business development, it doesn't seem like it's too focused on being overseas, but um, it seems like it'd be kind of cool if you have good connections between America and Japanese communications or European and Japanese, you know, different, mm -hmm. uh, I guess, connections throughout the world with companies that might be in Japan who can help you with this. That's going to be pretty neat as far as, like, development for new series or, or new ideas um it sounds really cool in practice but we will see how it actually does turn out um because right now it seems like you have to have at least somebody local or somebody you trust really well to go to these briefings so good i wish them all the luck and oddly enough the fact that you brought up shark tank um would you believe shark tank is actually based off of a japanese show called money tigers yeah yeah, mm -hmm. I knew about Money Tigers, okay. but um, I knew that Money Tigers had been running longer than Shark Tank, but yeah. um, at least it doesn't come up in my mind as much, but it might just be that it's not as prevalent in our society. The The Japanese show isn't mm -hmm. as much as Shark Tank is. True. Um, it, you know, but it, a lot of that, I think, is just about regional, regional um, marketing and stuff. The funny thing is that... Um, my mind remembers and picks up on certain things. So that's how, when you said, when you talk about this article and you said Shark Tank, and I'm like, I remember that, you know? And, and I've been recording Shark Tank, this whole, the current season. I have not watched a single episode of it because I realized I can just go to MSNBC and watch an episode and I'll be like, I have not seen this one. Let me sit down and watch it. <laughs> I know. Aren't they so engrossing? Some of the products, I'm just like, what? What? Especially um, if you haven't seen the recent one, they have this phone that's called the No Phone, and mm -hmm. it's just—it's basically just a technological brick. There's no, there's no wiring. There are no chips. There isn't even a real screen, um, and it is basically just a block. And the guys actually got a deal. And I'm like, are you, are you joking me? It, um... It's basically an old cell phone paperweight. Well, here, here's the thing, though. That you brought that, I was in, I think, Best Buy or somewhere the other day, and I actually saw one of these brick phones, but it was by AT&T. It's an emergency phone. It's just a basic cell phone. You can store a few numbers. You keep it in your car, so if your normal phone dies, you have a backup emergency phone to call for help. Oh, it, it wasn't even that, though, Ranma. Like, I'm straight up telling you that they called this a no phone because it... It is basically a phone-shaped block. It, it, it is just the plastic and the maybe the glass, but mostly the plastic in the shape of a cell phone. Dude. And they actually sold the idea. Interesting. See, that reminds me of like when me, Mako, and Ari went to ZenkaiCon, we came across Tom and Chi. Oh, that, it, doesn't it look so good, though? Yeah. Oh, it looks they, so tasty. Did they, you guys eat it? Yes. I'm so jelly. Well, if you come, if you come visit, maybe Mako-chan will take you to uh, Tom and Chi. 
Yeah, there's one by my house. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, we might be coming up to New York between May and June. It really depends because um, my friend and I want to make it a day trip. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. Awesome. But I'll let you guys know. Sweet. Woot. All right. Um, Mark, I know you're a bit more of a fan about, of this series. Did you want to cover this story or you want me to take care of it? Uh, I'll cover it, sure. All right. Go for it. And then you can take the last yep. one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, Nintendo seems to have decided that Star Fox needed to be animated. Um, Star Fox Zero The Battle Begins is an animated short for its Star Fox Zero game. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, uh... I heard about that, you know. Yeah, I have not watched it yet. I'm a bad fan. But it's, uh, what, it's about five minutes, six minutes, something like that. It's just a really short, really short little thing. But it's the introduction to their game. And, um, let's see, it's, uh, Miyamoto, Production IG, who does uh, Ghost in the Shell Blood, The Last Vampire, and collaboration with Attack on Titan, and Wit Studio, that does Attack on Titan, um, The Empire of Corpses, and things like that. Mm. So they're the ones that actually produce this little, this little video. And the video is basically showing you the game mechanics and various things like that. But this would be kind of cool as an actual show. Well, maybe if the fans rally around enough, it might just happen. I mean, you figure if they can start making multiple anime for Rockman, why can't they do something for Star Fox? Mm. Especially since it's animals in space. Come on, they can do something. Well, never know. I mean, they did have the Pikmin. Uh, I think it was a Pikmin anime, and it was also a um, it was that short Mario Brothers anime or something like that. And a couple of things Nintendo has dabbled with, so we'll see. Yeah, they they've definitely dabbled with a little bit of the anime, or at least animated genre uh even if they just did a feature film that would be cool mm-hmm. and there's enough lore to go on besides just typical trope sayings and one-liners which you knew would be in it but still true all right uh Last story before we get into the open forum topic and uh, and the Skype line, so I'm probably going to open it up in just a bit. Th- this came up through the feed um, late last night as I was putting together the, uh, the show. Uh, uh, voice actor uh, Ken Maeda passed away at the age of 44 from cardiopulmonary arrest in the Shinjuku uh, area neighborhood of Tokyo. 
it seems that it happened like on the street and narrow medical surgery who, who were trying to resuscitate him but it didn't work um let's see he's also a japanese comedian and actor and a choreographer as for the say, voice acting part he was the voice of Karu from Pre- from Pretty Cure Fresh. Um, let's see, yeah. As the story goes, he he got sick in um in the Shinjuku ward. They they got him to the hospital, but it just didn't um he d- couldn't save him. Before this happened, Maeda updated his Twitter about an hour prior, saying. People should have both small dreams that are close by and big dreams that are far away. Um, let's see. And I'm looking at his um his his wiki, and he's done a lot of of movies and drama series. So, it's sad that things like this happen. Alright. Enough about that. Let's go ahead and open the Skype line. And we're going to the open forum topic. Open forum topics where we ask all of you the fans um, a question that regards to the to the seer, to what we're talking about. Or something in the fandom, and we just want your opinion on it. And we always ask that that you keep the um you keep everything to a dull roar because we don't want any fighting or anything like that. And this week's uh, open forum topic, which I'm kind of surprised we can get a lot of responses on. Um, it's called weddings and proposals. I think it's cute when couples get engaged at conventions. It's also pretty cool to see them marry, get married on stage, especially in cosplay. We see engagements at panels and group photo shoots while we see weddings at panel events, part of ceremonies and masquerades as an example. But do you think that these engagements and weddings detract from the convention itself? Or does it add to the charm of the convention? Okay, and before we get into um, the question, the answers we got here, um, our Skype line is already ringing, and I know who's already on. So, what's going on, brother? Bro, we, what the heck is going on? We can't, we can't hear you at all. What the heck's going on? Hold on here. I hope. The setting didn't get thrown out of whack when I updated my um, tablet last night. Who is it trying to reach us? It's um, it's Ari. Okay, I see what it oh, is. Oh, okay. There we go. When I plugged in the external device, it, it set the external device for incoming and outgoing when it's not supposed to. So, mm. hey, can you hear us? Hello, Ari. You can't hear him at all. I can't hear him either. Hold on for a second. What? I heard something. <clears throat> okay. Oh, there we I go. I think I can hear you, Ari. Ari, can you hear us loud and clear? 
To register participation for this week's episode of Anime Jam Session on vognetwork.com, use the passphrase opera. I don't think he can hear us. That's, that's <laughs> I heard like, him cough to correct his voice, but I, I don't think Yeah, he I, I heard that, but that was just about it. That's funny. Oh. Uh, uh, well, we, we tried, we tried. <laughs> but for some Hi, reason... Bro. But for some reason, it's not going off on my end. Like, I don't see Skype on, on the tablet kind of like blinking like it's supposed to so but yeah the... he said he mm. tried calling in but there's no sound so mm. that's what happened oddly enough i mean uh, well let me, let me try something real quick um uh, maybe i did screw up the uh the cabling which it's not the first time this has happened and it certainly will not be the last time and looks like everything is fine by flipping it that way let me flip things back Okay, hold on here. Uh, okay, there we go. Thank you very much, Skype, for screwing up the Skype line. But I fix it now. Alright, so... K-Chad says that... How romantic would it be to get engaged or married to the person you love in the same fandom? It makes my heart sing. It happened once at Matsuri Khan when she went for her 21st birthday. They were Lucina and Inigo from Fire Emblem Awakening. Okay. Moments like that make a con more memorable for the happy couple. Like it adds to the energy to the con, knowing that someone has enough courage to get down on one knee in front of the, a couple dozen to make a few hundred people profess their love for, for another person and make their adventure into life together. I remember at uh, Zenkai Con last year, I'm still friends with the fiancé. Um, she was, uh, I believe, Queen, uh, Neo Queen Serenity, and he was... What is your the dude from FF? I think it was FF eight with the red and black jacket or something like that, and the scar on his Zell. Zell, yeah, proposed. Personally, I don't have a problem with it. Even if it's during, I mean, even if it's during a masquerade, I don't have a problem with it. I think it adds to the charm. I know that some people don't like it because why would you want to get married at a convention? Why would you want to propose at a convention? Well, people have their fandoms and it's what they love. It's what they want to do. I think it's cool to add to it. I mean, why not? Mako-chan, what's your I thoughts? Think... Oh, go ahead. Um, my take is, yes, it's cute, but at the same time, it's completely lost its originality. Mm-hmm. And if you're just copying other people that tends to lose the romance of actually proposing mm -hmm. and that should be something that's you know kind of somewhat romantic because you're freaking proposing so i think as long as you can do it in such a way that it gives some sort of originality and isn't just copying every other person to propose at a panel or during the masquerade or something like that, then that's awesome. But if you can't come up with something original, then you're just copying everybody else. That's my take. Ichigo? 
Um, I I think it's cute, but I feel like it has to be done in the right way. Um, we actually had somebody propose at the uh, maid cafe that I run, and it was cute. Um, but I feel like it wasn't the right place to do it. And here's why. Maid mm-hmm. cafes are specifically for very intimate re- like interaction and stuff like that. And it's all well and good that you want to show your person that you love them in a place that is um, a really supportive environment and community and stuff like that. But a maid cafe really doesn't fit that kind of theme um, because a maid cafe is supposed to focus on everyone, not just the two of you. And I'm sorry if that sounds a little bit... Um, picky but at the same point there are people that have paid to come into this specific event and want their time and when it becomes your mm-hmm. time then it it conflicts with their idea you know um there are instances like there was a great a wonderful wonderful little photo shoot um video that i actually noticed that was a sailor moon like neo queen serenity and tuxedo mask mm-hmm. that were proposing to each other and they were doing it for photos and then all of a sudden the tuxedo mask like had a giant rose in his hand and then he flipped around one more time and he actually had a ring and like you could just see the tears on the neo queen serenity's face it was so adorable but it wasn't an event it was actually at a little like personalized photo shoot which i think has wait, a wait, little bit wait, more wait wait when, when did when did you see that picture uh, that video I think I saw like within the last week, so oh, it was okay. fairly recent. I think I know um, what it is because I th- if that's, if it's the same video slash picture, I think it is that happened at Anime Boston. Yeah, it was mm. so adorable and it was much more intimate. And I feel like um, the person seeing that kind of video, and I feel like a lot of that too is 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 again perspective. Like we're gonna talk about that I guess today mm. a lot um, because I. I wouldn't like all that attention. If it was a private photo shoot, that is more of what I would see as um, I would more appreciate that because I'm a pretty private person. Um, I definitely can understand the people that really want the all the attention on them, but I feel like you have to pick your event that you do it at really well mm-hmm. because things like a maid cafe or in the anime manga library or in specific places, it's not going to be as appreciated as say a private photo shoot between you and your loved one or something like that. So um yeah, that's that's what I have to say about it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're yeah, right about that. You know, it shouldn't be there. I mean, I've seen people get engaged at form at, co- at convention formals, you know. I guess that do fit. But the fact that this happened at Gatscon a couple of years back and then they played uh Let It Go right after. I was just like, why? <laughs> If you're gonna do it, just just be original, be fresh, and think about your partner. Mm. Okay. Because I mean, if you guys are already going up on stage for the masquerade and everything, obviously your partner doesn't have an issue with being stared at by you know a number of people. But to do something like that and call somebody up that isn't even on stage. Mm-hmm. To do something like that and completely um, completely embarrassing them just to do something like that might be a bit much for that person. Gotcha. As we... And I feel like it's even truer when the person is out of costume at a highly costumed event, such as like a formal event or something like that, if they're in just like a nerdy shirt and jeans or whatever, mm-hmm. you might want to wait until they're dressed up a little bit more. 
And a lot of this is, I understand we have like huge, a huge culture of new fans and new fandoms and stuff like that. But at the same point, like if they're in a room of people that are really dressed up and they're not that dressed up, they might get really self-conscious when you focus all the attention on them. Um, mm-hmm. I know that that would be something that I would feel if, if that ever happened to me or if it, if it had happened to me at all, I would have been very self-conscious and I would have been like, why am I up here? Oh, this is so awkward. Oh, I need to go hide. I look like a potato. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, just consider it, you know, um, oh, okay. but yeah. All right, now that we got that out of the way, we have our, uh, another call on the Skype line. You're live with Anime Jam Session. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, uh, this is Reginator. Hey, dude, what's going on tonight? Uh, not a whole lot. Uh, just a uh, quick question. Uh, sure. Ha- have you seen any relatively new anime that you can recommend? JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Diamond is Unbreakable. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean... I mean, to really enjoy the series, you got to watch the first three series, which I believe is on Crunchyroll and Hulu. I just like the fact that it, the storyline takes you from, like, the 1890s all the way up to the 1990s, you know? It's pretty cool. Oh, cool. If you like, like, the 80s style of manga, like Fist of the North Star, the whole machoism of how it should be, JoJo is going to be right up your alley. What kind of stuff do you like, though? Are you uh, into, like, Slice of Life? Are you into morbid? Like, I'm into morbid horror comedy, so I like things like Parasite, and I like things like Assassination Classroom, and I like things like, um, uh, what was the one that I recently watched? School, School Live? School Days Live or something like that, where it was little, you know, um, schoolgirls against a zombie horde. Um... Mm. But there's also things that I really enjoyed, like uh, The Seven Deadly Sins, which is um, a production that was specifically for, I believe, Hulu? And mm-hmm. they actually did a really nice job. Oh, no, it was with Netflix. And they did a really nice job producing this anime. It had a very uh, similar feeling to Magi, The Labyrinth of Magic. Um, or if you're into cooking anime, um, I really loved um, Silver Spoon which was something recommended to me by a friend. It's about this guy who moves from the city into a farm life and he learns about food from the beginning to the end um, and how to prepare it and stuff like that. Um, of course, uh, Food Wars was also a very good one for that yes, genre. That, that but was good. it really good. depends on what you enjoy. Uh, yeah, yeah, I have uh, not watched it yet. It's on my list. Rel- relatively I've heard few animes I've seen from beginning to end. Um, of the ones that I have seen, now I've seen Voltron, I've seen uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, Toko, and uh, First Angel. And now there's some other stuff that I have seen that I enjoyed, but I haven't had a chance to see the, the full series yet. Like uh, the original Full Metal Alchemist, uh, uh, not, I'm probably going to butcher the guy's name, unfortunately, but... Naoki Usawa's uh, Monster, and uh, a few other ones. Oh, and if you haven't seen One Punch Man yet, I actually kind of liked One Punch, so uh, you I, can I, definitely check him out. <laughs> I have to, I'll probably watch another episode to see if I really like it, so, you know. Uh, all right, well, thank you for uh, taking my call. It's definitely appreciate it. Hey, no have, a nice, have a nice evening. All right, no problem, dude. Thanks a lot for the call. All right, bye-bye. Bye. 
Okay, um, I'm gonna go ahead and close out the Skype line because we are running late, which usually happens when we talk about an anime con, even one that was only for like one day. Okay. All right, Mako-chan, let, let, let's see what you've got for us today. I know it's not mushroom lollipops, but it'll do. Mm. You broke the show with that. Yes, I know, and I'm proud of it. Christ, woman. Okay. Let's go ahead with the first one. Now, this is an update from a story we talked about some time back about missing subway hand uh, subway hand straps. It seems that um, a few about a week ago, Tokyo police have found the person stealing it. The police have arrested a 63-year-old man on suspicion of stealing all of these hand straps from the from the Chiy Tokyo's Chiyoda subway line. The suspect who is named Machio Matamura, is, is accused of this. He's stolen a, more than 200 of these straps. How? According to the police, Matamura, who lives in Tokyo's Adachi ward, was arrested by a stakeout team last Saturday night while he was in the act of stealing hand straps on the train b running between Machia and Kitasenju stations. The police said he was seen pulling down the straps with both hands while twisting them. You could say he was caught red, hand strapped. Oh! Boo! Okay. I'm the internet now. Bye, guys. <laughs> Get back here. Matsumura has admitted to the charge and was quoted by police saying that the trains are always crowded and he gets tired of having to keep standing. He just wanted to cause the train company some trouble. Not for nothing. That sounds like some shit that people would do here to the subway system here in New York. According to the police, there have been 37 theft cases in which approximately 200 straps were stolen since last November. The police are taking out the train line after security camera footage caught somebody resembling Matsumura pulling at the straps. He will be charged with theft and destruction of property. Hmm. I guess also old people need something to do. Mm. I just oh gosh they I you know and I bet that the hand straps cost an exorbitant amount of money like people don't think shopping carts cost a lot but shopping carts are like uh, $300 to $1,000 a cart um so hand straps on a train cool <laughs> Well, you know, if you want you to take the next story, I, this seems like this is right up your alley. Woo! Yeah, it totally is. Huh. So, um, for those of you who don't know, I definitely cosplay a lot and stuff. Um, Keio University professor embodies cool Japan by cosplaying his way through lectures. One university professor in Tokyo is redefining what it means to teach with style. Mm. <laughs> um... He goes by the name Pietro Wuhio, but his name is actually Kazunori Uhio Sugiura. 
And um, actually, is Pietro Wu Hio Hio. I don't know if there's like a play on words in there or something. He's an associate professor at the prestigious Keio University's Graduate School of Media Design in Tokyo. And in his own words, he's been teaching computer internet design and otaku culture in unique style, cosplay, and kigurumi. Mm. Enamel, PVC, and satin costumes are my favorite. Some of my costumes are made by myself, but I don't usually wear wigs or do makeup during my lecture. He also goes by the name Uhyo, often gives lectures related to otaku culture, and seems to make no discrimination between dressing up as male or female characters. He even has his own page, Cure World Cosplay, with over 21,800 likes, providing detailed information about date and titles of each of his lectures about all of his costumes. A similar archive with character names and photos reaching back to 1996 can be found on Keio University's Creato Graduate School of Media and Design page. Um, yeah, he's cosplayed from everything from Toho, Cardcaptor Sakura, Cyborg 009, Martian successor Nadeko, Nadesko, Attack on Titan, uh, Dejiko uh, from Digikara, tons of other characters um we'd be hard pressed to find a professor more dedicated to his craft than sugira and let's look forward to whatever future costumes he comes up with um i think it's kind of cool that he's doing that i think uh he's repping what he is teaching which is amazing so kudos to him and he's been keeping it on since 1996 so that's cool i looked at the family this professor had me at uh at digico okay I, I I think we all have to admit, in co- when we're all in college, we always had that one cool professor that knew how to break shit down, and just make it fun. We've all had one, and this dude is one of them. Yeah, I, I definitely w- would have loved this guy's classes. See, I I would have I would have been I would have been at his class on time every day. I'm like, screw that. <laughs> and I've, and What's I've, the and outfit I, for today? I've already yeah. liked his fan page, so. <laughs> I think I might have already enjoyed his fan page um, for a little while now because it, it's one that circulates through the cosplay culture. Even you know, even though it's a Japanese website, it, it's one that that kind of floats around mm-hmm. the cosplay culture here in the U.S. too. And he, yeah, I see him teaching as Lee Shoran. That's cool. Yeah, this is just really, 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 really awesome. Yes, indeed. All right, Mako-chan. Okie dokie. So, um... While this book has been out for a little while, it's come back into popularity. It's a Japanese to English vocabulary book called English Vocabulary Not in Any Test. But somebody on Twitter found the book in his school library and started posting pictures. Mm. So the cover of the book is a man riding piggyback on another man who has a mouth bit and leash 
that says, The English says, don't worry, he is a docile pervert. <laughs> so some of the uh, terms in here are octopus wiring, um, machine gun, mobile suit, root crop, salmon carpaccio, barbed wire, brown bear, best before date, and horny. Uh. The one for horny says, may I go home early? I'm feeling rather horny. Uh. So, yeah. The book has an official Twitter account where they post uh, new sayings daily. And if you want, you can actually pick up the book on Amazon Japan. So, so how soon did you place your order? I have not. Unfortunately, it is not translated in a way that I would be able to say anything in Japanese. So, some of this makes no sense for me to say in English. Because then it's not as funny. Like, the one for Salmon Carpaccio says, Bob laughed so hard the Salmon Carpaccio came out of his nose. Oh, that sounds so gross. Uh, the barbed wire one says, What nice barbed wire. Thank you, I knitted it myself. I feel like this is stuff that people might, like, mistranslate from anime. I don't know. There's a very good chance. Um, some of the pictures on here of especially the males look like people that have been on TV. Mm-hmm. There's something in an anime once that made my, my me and my friend laugh really, really hard. There's this instance where this one guy rolls up to this other guy's house, and he's, he's obviously in a car, because he's rolling up. And the guy comes out to meet him, and he's like, get in my house! And we're like, but what? So there's obviously a mistranslation there somewhere. Yeah. But, but yeah, so, um, yeah. I, I, I would like the book if it was translated in such a way that I could see letters instead of um, just drawn lines. Because <laughs> I'm stupid when it comes to proper Japanese. <laughs> okay. I think we're done here. You have your way with the articles, don't you, Mako-chan? Hi. And I, I just shared something on my personal Facebook that's going to crack a few heads. Because it's kind of funny if you read if you read it to the very end. And I, re oh. and I refuse to tag people because you'll understand why. <sighs> All right, let's go ahead. We're gonna play our our last songs tonight, and then get the hell up on out of here. Cause wow, it is late. Okay, so 
We'll be back.
Thank you, Winnie, for skipping a song for me tonight. Oh, well. Huh? There was supposed to be two songs. And Winamp just skipped the second track and just went to the outro. Okay. I cannot wait till the new version of Winamp comes out. I really, really can't wait. Alright, so let's go ahead and go and get on with the show because it's late beyond late and Mako-chan is probably trying to snipe me from the stu- from uh, from her room to mine. Her aim's pretty good for mm. a girl. Hey. <laughs> Hard. Ooh. All right. If you like what you heard, tell a friend. They in turn tell another friend and so on and so forth. We're independent podcasters and we do this for the love of it. So what we're telling you, how we feel like the like, it's straight up. So if you have any questions about the show, drop us a line at podcast at AnimeJamSession.com. We want to know what's up. We are here to believe you. Check out our website at AnimeJamSession.com where we post all of our convention reports. Links to our photos and videos and other cool stuff. And coming soon, I will be posting all of our cosplay photos to our website. So we'll have the basic quality ones on Facebook and the higher res ones on our website. As soon as I get that figured out, that that will be coming soon. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. But I don't know about my hoster now. <laughs> oh, God. But, um, yeah. Check out, um... Podcast Alley, iTunes, Stitcher, Miro, Double Twist, Blueberry, Groove, TuneIn Radio, and Google Play for other places where you can find our podcast if you can't access our Anime Jam Session. Check out our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Anime Jam Session TV, where we post all of our convention uh, videos, um, non-convention stuff, cool stuff that you may want to check out. If you want to interact with us on YouTube and see what videos that we like, or videos we may upload ourselves, you can find me at YouTube.com slash Um Mako-chan is at Jupe Luna. You can find Ichigo over at Ichigogami. Twitter.com slash Anime Jam Session. Follow us here for up-to-date information on our website, our Facebook page, conventions we're going to, and other cool stuff. So you definitely want to, you may want to be in a note for that, just because. If you want to interact with us on Twitter and, and chat with us, you can find me at Twitter.com slash Dijiranmas. Mako-chan is over at Jovedea. And again, you can find Ichigo over at Ichigogami. Facebook.com slash Anime Jam Session, our official fan, uh, Facebook page. I just want to say everyone who's liked the page, thank you so much for your love and support. As long as you continue to like the page, like our articles that we post, podcast, video, everything, we're going to bring you more content. That's what we're going to do. If you want to chat with, with us on Facebook and just want to know what's going on with us, you can follow us. You can find me at Facebook.com slash IMDGeronMess or that Mess guy. You can find Mako-chan over at Makoto, Mako-chan Kino, and you can find Ichigo over at Ichigogami. And don't forget, we are here on the VOG Network twice a week, live Tuesdays at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, on course Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. But we're not the only geek-centric podcast on VOG. There are other cool shows you want to check out. There's Starboard Power Coupling Podcast, The Geek Card, Bobby Blackwolf Show, Orange Lounge Radio, Critical Myth, uh, British Invaders, Pod Culture, Electric Sisterhood, Girls Gone Wow, Ranger Pride, Game Buoy, Guys on the Show, um, and also, as I said before, 
the return of the Crystal Chronicles of Sailor Moon podcast that's back. Um, this week's uh, our latest episode will be out later this week, so definitely check out for that. So now we're going to go around the room and do last words. Last words, Ichigo. It's been fun again, guys. Um, I'm getting ready for Awesome Con in June, in the beginning of June. So uh, I will see you guys there. If I don't see you guys there, then um, have tons of fun. And um, keep up the cosplay. Woo! Mako-chan? I'm anticipating pleasantly Sunday because I'm going to a bacon festival at the local winery and right now I'm looking at the 50 best burgers in America by state and making myself hungry my last words is this I'm getting up I'm actually getting up early to meet up with a friend I haven't seen in about I think almost 10 years so it'll be for breakfast so which means I probably need as much coffee as I can get my hands on and also, I was going to say something else. Oh, yeah. And I did an interview with Lauren Landa at Castle Point. It was a really amazing, and I liked it. So, And I got a selfie of us, so I'm going to post that on my Facebook page soon. I don't know. It just felt really awesome. So that is it. End of list. That's all the show for now. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Um, Could be three of us. Could be four of us. You never know. So definitely swing by and check it out. Um, we'll still be here. I don't see an interruption in shows just yet. Um, if there is, you'll be the first to know. Then everybody else. Uh, that's it. So, I guess that's it. So, yeah. I'm Ranma. I'm Mako-chan. And I'm Ichigo. Great fight, great night. See you next week. Night. Johnny. Say goodnight, Mako-chan. Goodnight, Mako-chan. Oh, so melodic and beautiful. Don't egg her on, (laughs) Ichigo. Please don't.